good. It's good to be alive. It's good to be a believer. And it's good to be on the winning team. And so I want to uh, just say welcome to everybody and welcome to all of those that are online this morning. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue. We've been on a series and uh, really been wrestling this morning on where to go. Uh, but I think I will just stick with the series and uh, stick with uh, the, uh, the direction of this particular book. The book of Ephesians is what we have been going through, and I trust that you're receiving some things out of it, and it's in, enriching you and uh, enhancing your life. And so let's uh, let's start. We're going to have the words up there on the on the uh, PowerPoint, um, but I want to just read through <clears throat> the passage and the portion of scriptures that we started last week. Uh, it's maybe one of the most important books in the New Testament for you to read and reread. <clears throat> and allow it to uh, really get into your heart and spirit and what, uh, what Paul is trying to teach us here. So let's read this. Let me just read it and you can follow along. It's Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll read between uh, verses 21 and 33. It says, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the, hus the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And verse 26, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is... Uh, this mystery is profound, and so I want you to hear that. This mystery that he just talked about, he's calling it profound. This is something huge. It's something I should get a hold of. It's something I should uh, maybe pause and ponder and consider. What is he saying by saying that, and what has he just said? And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church, so he's making a connection between marriage and Christ and the church. Very important thing to note. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I find it interesting that there is a lot more Paul is putting into the men than the women here. So I think maybe there was some missing Bible possibly. I'm not sure. Okay, I mean, just about you know, three quarters of this is to men, and only a little quarter is to to uh, to the to the wives. And uh, if you're uh, single here today or online, uh, unless you're called to celibacy, you should listen. Uh, and even if you are called to it, there's still some principles here that will work for you. Uh, he, Paul, is just really laying out for us. 
really, in many ways, uh, the picture of a great marriage. Last week, we, uh, I mentioned the three points, the power in marriage uh, that he's addressing here, and then the priority in marriage, and then we're going to end up with seeing the picture uh, in marriage so that we can kind of grasp this. And uh, we, we mentioned <clears throat> last week that... Uh, in Ephesians 5 and verse 21, we mentioned and we spent a lot of time on it. It says, submitting to one another, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I mentioned to us how that this was a hinge scripture, and it really is. And if we read before what we went through, and I'm not going to take time to go through it as we did last week. You can listen to that online. Uh, but we said it was a hinge scripture, and he was referring to a few scriptures ahead of it that talked about the need for us to be filled with the power of God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was saying that because he knew he was coming to this point. He knew he was going to get here to say, okay, wives, submit to your husbands. I only heard one amen. There'll be more by the end, okay? Uh, but, but he knew that he was going to be saying these strong statements, and then he was going to say, husbands, you got to love your wife. And uh, yeah, there we go. Husband and wife back here married how long? 40, 50 years or something? How many? 50. 50 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, let's give him a hand. That's awesome. And so he knew he was going to be saying this, and so he brings us back and said, really, the only way for any of us to do this, and if you're married, you can attest to this, the only way to do it is with the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet he wants us to have that. <clears throat> and so this hinge scripture now takes us and says, okay, I want you to submit to one another uh, out of reverence for Christ. And now he's going to jump into the next part of the hinge, the other side of the hinge, that's going to begin to talk about husbands and wives. He starts with wives, so I'm going to start with wives. Is that okay with you if we follow the order of the scripture? Okay. That, that means, that means, I'll just tell you up front, we will not get to the husbands today. <laughs> I know there's only a few verses here, but let me just tell you. No. <laughs> but, so we won't get to that, but we will get to that. So as we go through this, guard your thoughts. I think we better pray for our thoughts even right now. <laughs> Father, we do want revelation from your word. We want our marriages to be as great as you created them to be in the beginning. They were never meant to operate and function as we so often see them today, but they were meant to be a joy and a delight and one of the greatest uh, uh, copies of what you're doing on this earth. And so, God, I pray that our hearts will be open, our minds will be open, that as Paul prayed earlier in this book, that the eyes of our understanding, spiritual understanding, would be awakened as we look into your word this morning, <clears throat> in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so let me jump ahead now to where we're going to start, uh, because we did the power of marriage, and now we're going to start on point number two, the priorities in marriage. And one might maybe ask the question, maybe we should ask it, why in the middle 
of this spiritual book, the book of Ephesians, where he's talking about getting spiritual insight and having divine revelation of the heavenlies and seeing beyond the natural, literally letting him open up your eyes to understand spiritual things, not just to be able to see things naturally, but to literally be able to see, like Paul expresses, what is happening in heaven because heaven is coming to earth. And, and, and we are to model that. And so he's taking us from there. And then we went through uh, on the other side of it. He's talking all about spiritual warfare. And we've, uh, we, we talked about that, uh, putting on the whole armor. And he goes into all of this thing about warfare. But now right in the middle of those two things, sandwiched in the middle of it, now he wants to stop and talk about marriage? Okay, let's see what he's talking about. And why would he want to do that? I think it's because there's something here, even as... Uh, we read in those verses, <clears throat> there's something here that relates to what he's doing on the broader, larger scale that we need to catch and we need to see and we need to understand it. You know, I mean, because Paul knew the moment that he was going to start talking about this, that <clears throat> what he was doing was bringing up trouble. He said that in Corinthians already, right? He said, if you get married, you're going to have troubles. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 28, he just already pre-warns us that this is going to happen. <clears throat> now, he wasn't thinking about it in a negative that it's going to be terrible, because how many know that your troubles in marriage, if you allow them to do it, will bring maturity and perfection to your life? He already told us, men, it is not good for us to be alone. And, and, and why? Because he understood something about our makeup. He understood something about the way that he wanted things to work. And so it's not necessarily a bad thing that, that he warns us that there's going to be troubles, but they're actually uh, a good thing. The University of Washington did a study of over 2,000 couples. And they did this study over 20 years. And here's what, here, here was their conclusion of the top two ingredients for a good marriage. This is the, okay, this is going to be worth you getting up this morning. I mean, this is 20 years, 2,000 couples, long time. Here's what they concluded was that the ingredients for a good marriage are love and respect. Love and respect. And what is Paul addressing here? He's talking about love and respect. He's saying, you know, wives, submit, respect your husbands, submit to your husbands, and, and husbands, love your wife. So we could have saved the University of Washington a lot of money, right? <clears throat> you know, music really affects us, doesn't it? Remember the, the song by Aretha Franklin, Respect? Well, probably what you don't know is that she didn't write that song. A man wrote it for him. Otis Redding wrote that song. She snatched it a little bit later and changed it up a little bit to suit her philosophy in life and, and wrote that song off of his. I was just thinking, you know, that uh, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about all the other songs that used to run through my head about this time in life, you know. And remember the song by Percy Sledge, When a Man Loves a Woman, She Can Do What? No wrong. Okay, guys. <laughs> Music is something else. It, it really does. And, and I think that if, if, as we pay attention to this and some of these thoughts this morning, I hope that they both help naturally, but also I hope that they 
maybe begin to enlighten us about some things about the end times. Because how many know that at the very end, if you book, read the book of Revelation, there's going to be a great marriage supper of the Lamb. Something about marriage. God loves marriage. And he started with it in Genesis in seed form, and he's going to finish it in the book of Revelation in full blossom. And he's going to marry his bride, which is his church, which is us. Come on, isn't that an awesome thing to know? Another study uh, reveals that the number one need for men is respect. That we would feel respect from our spouses. The number one need for women is love and security. And they kind of go hand in hand. There's the security of feeling the love of a man. And these are just natural studies. These aren't necessarily Christian studies. These are just people trying to find out about the mystery of marriage. Well, to understand it completely, I want to run us back real quick for just a moment to where it all began. Where did God create us? And please grab a hold of some of these thoughts and understand that, again, everything, <clears throat> everything that you read in Genesis will come to you in seed form. Would you say seed form? Everything in Genesis is like a seed, but it comes to fruition and full blossom in the book of Revelation. This is whole things tied together. This isn't just a random bunch of books that were written over a period of 1,500 years with 40 different authors that doesn't go together. There's only one true author, and that was God himself orchestrating and, uh, and the Word of God so that we could have a clear picture of what he's doing. He, he doesn't want what he's doing to be a mystery to you and I. That's what Paul started with, right? Open up the eyes of their understanding. Let them see it. I believe you're going to catch a few things here that, again, could, can, for sure, help your marriage but also, let's take it beyond that. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 says this here. It says, Therefore, shall a man, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become what? One flesh. Okay, that's a good truth. What about Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26? As I was putting these together, I thought, man, this would have solved a lot of my problems early on in my marriage. And I just want to give a disclaimer. I haven't even accomplished all this that I'm going to tell you today. But I know it works because it's Bible. This is what I want you to capture is Bible. Paul said there would be trouble in marriage. He was right. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now read this next three words with me. They will reign. They they will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the sky, uh, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. He, 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 he didn't want us to be as a king and a slave, husband and wife. He didn't want us to be as a queen and a servant. We were made to be a king and a queen. Together, we would reign on the earth. But if there's one thing that I've seen struggled with, and that is, who's the boss of the house? Can anybody bear witness with that? You guys are too quiet. <laughs> Lord, I think they'll be honest before the day's up. 
that's that that is a struggle that is a struggle in many situations in many settings especially i would say in america Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. I will make him a helper suitable for him. One translation says a helpmate. And there's just a few different translations. And uh, we've kind of used that a lot in the wrong way. How many would agree with that? It's just, it's, it's misunderstood. You know, I can remember going to Home Depot with my kids, you know, uh, when they were little and taking them with me to, 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 to learn the real ropes of life at Home Depot, okay? And, you know, they'd be there and the, 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 the employees or whatever would say, oh, is this your little helper? And I would tap them on the head to their chagrin. <laughs> yes, this is my little helper. See, that's the picture sometimes we have of this word helper, and I think we, we need to be careful because I would never take my wife to Home Depot and do that to her. Yeah, this is my little helper, right? I mean, so there's something wrong in this, the, the translation of this word. How do I get the right understanding of it? If I, if I have ever done that, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> Just FYI. <clears throat> and, and so I, we, we have to understand what does he mean here? What is he after? And so I did some research on the word help there in that particular scripture, the help. And do you know that that word is used for God more than any other use? Listen to this. Psalms 33, 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help. He's our help and our shield. Psalms 115, verse 9. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their what? help and their shield. Boy, when I started seeing that and I began to realize, wow, man, that's what God has put alongside of me. Somebody comparable with me that would be a help to me in the same way that God is a help. Ladies, work with me. So do you see the picture? See the change? Oh, that's my little helper. No, that's my helper. She's a mighty woman of God. And she is. I got an awesome way. She's a mighty woman of God. Stands strong in the battles. And when I'm weak, she's stepping up to be strong. And, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about doing something dumb, she's thinking about doing something smart. <clears throat> I've proved that twice in my lifetime. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, just as we just need to get a, a, get a picture flip here of what God has put alongside of us if we're married. It's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so it's no wonder that the enemy of your soul wants to wreak havoc on your marriage. And either cause it to be ruined or just to be living with a wall between the two of you. To where now you stand there as a man without the help that you swore was your help whenever you married her. Genesis 128, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
God is out to uh, release us to a fresh understanding of what he has put alongside of us as men. And this isn't about men, but I, I, I want the women this morning to understand the value that you really are, the value that you really hold. And, and so that when God calls you to do something as, as he does, and maybe that word's even one that we don't completely understand, ladies, submit to your husbands. But yet if, if you can wrap it around your heart to realize this is not like a demotion, it's not like a king and a slave, but, but, but it's different than that. It's something that's critical to the relationship that you are willing to submit to your husband. Here's what the word submit means, just literally. Uh, it means to choose to yield to another's will. I need to choose to allow my husband to lead. I need to make that choice in my heart. It needs to be in my heart as a woman. I need to make, as a wife, I need to make this choice to allow my husband to lead. And I, I believe, again, if, if you can grasp the value of who you are, we talked about that last week. In our marriages, we're not trying to get our identity. We're not trying to get our self-worth. God's already given that to us, right? So I don't need to fight for that. And oftentimes, that's what does pop up. You know, my self-worth, my identity is getting, you know, a slam dunk here. But that's not the case. But what, but what, we, what we see here is that he wants us to choose to yield to another's will. And, and, and I, I, can't, I can't begin to maybe try to, uh, to ask you this morning somehow is just let this be a heart check today. Let's let the plumb line of the word take a hold of our heart, ladies. Again, I'll get on, the men will be next week, I promise. Okay? I promise. I promise. Let this get a hold of your heart because I feel like in the day that we're living in, in the culture that we're living in, when Paul said, hey, don't be conformed to the world. Don't be squeezed into its mold. We have so many things that are coming against the, the women and wives that it's ridiculous right now. And so for it not to begin to attach to your thinking, to me, I would say it would be impossible. You have to resist that or it will overtake you. And you'll find that it creeps into your marriage and then you'll be like, I think maybe so many of us, have you ever gotten in an argument and at the end of it just thought how stupid that argument was? It's like, where's that come from, you know? We're, all, we're both smarter than that. But somehow we, it happens and then it happens again and it happens again. So here's, here's how marriage began, and we just read these scriptures, with one man and one woman. They were also meant to be compar comparable to each other. It wasn't a king's servant. And they were also to reign in this world together. They were meant to procreate naturally. They were meant to procreate naturally. We know how that happens. They were meant to live with a certain order. Uh, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16 who laughed over here? 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16 teaches us that the, that the head of man is Christ and the head of woman is the man. That's just what it says. I'm, I'm just telling you what it says. I'm just reading it. And, and, and then we can move forward because, again, we want our marriages to be strong. How many would agree with that? And I think we could probably all say we need a little bit of adjustments. And, and, and it's a constant work, isn't it? 
Mary just doesn't start out perfect. You know, I, I love it when people tell me that. Oh, we never argue. <sighs> I haven't met you yet. Uh, and, 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 and yet it, it starts by us understanding what the scriptures teach us uh, in this thing. And there's two, there's two, uh, uh, <clears throat> two factors to remember. The first one is that we can't find total fulfillment without another person. You realize that that's, God, that's how God made you? Unless, again, you are celibate, and then even in that case, you will find your fulfillment with other people in the sense of life. But as a married couple or as an individual to be married, you will not find your total fulfillment by yourself. You were not created that way. It's not good for man to be alone. He made us to have somebody to come alongside of us that would be comparable to us. And the second factor is that um, we have to to understand that 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 union that he brings together is not going to function to its fullest without Jesus Christ being a part of that team. And I'll show you that in just a moment. Uh, again, in just a moment out of the scriptures. Let's read uh, these scriptures again and, and just to, again, lock them into our heart. I think it's the word of God that changes us. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. It says, Wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And, and, and uh, there's some stuff that men should underline in the latter parts of these verses, but the, the women should underline that, those three words, as unto the Lord. Or those four words, as unto the Lord. I under, I'm doing this as unto Him. It'll keep me from doing it only when He's perfect and when He's doing everything right. Why? Because I'm always seeing behind my husband, I'm seeing Christ whom I'm serving. So I'm, I'm, I'm submitting through him to him. Right? Because that's what he says. I want you to submit as unto the Lord in the same fashion. And, and I think what you'll find and what you'll grow in is actually in your relationship with the Lord. Because how many know that sometimes humans stop our flow with God? Do you know what I mean? It just does, you know. You get in a good fight with your wife. Or how many know it makes it really difficult to turn around and go pray? For me, whenever that happens, if I can remember that far back. <laughs> no, you want to know the sad scenario? We had a really big one just on Friday. <laughs> I was so frustrated with myself. I was so stupid. I thought, what did you just do? You know what you're going to be speaking on. So that's my confession to you today. Okay, I got it taken care of. Okay, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> but, but you know, you, you, this is what he's saying. I want you to do this as unto him. I want you to search your heart and say, am I really submitting to my husband or have I allowed stuff to get in the way of that? Like maybe, oh, he's made dumb decisions. I'm not going to submit to him in that area. You know what I mean? It just, it's just these type of small things creep in and we begin to get formulated into this place where we have now this barrier and then we wonder, you know, what's, what's going on? What's going on in our relationship? Well, ladies, since this is for you today, maybe you've stepped away from being submitted to your husband in your heart. 
And, it, and, and, and those things have a way of kind of revealing themselves, oftentimes through your words, but uh, they just come out of you uh, in the course of everyday life and actions. And before you know it, you're, uh, you're, you're running part of the show on your own. And so what you've done was you've just messed up a good order that God thought was going to be really workable for us. Christ, the husband, the wife. Christ, the husband, the wife. And again, I, I believe that if you, if you have ears to hear uh, what the Lord's trying to communicate to us through this word, that it can transform first you and then begin to transform your marriage. There's a struggle today with, uh, between men and women. There's a struggle today in our culture with, with that. And I just have to understand if I don't resist it, then, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be the one that says, well, I would submit to my husband if he just did this, if he just did this better, if he was just a better person, if he just loved me more. But see, that's not what Paul's saying, right? He said, as unto who? As unto the Lord. That's a big statement, ladies. I tell you what. When we do it his way, he makes it work out. He really does. I know we have a hard time trusting that because we think, well, what if they just take advantage of me, yada, yada, yada. And that may happen for a bit. I don't know. But I just tell you, the Lord is going to be faithful to his word if you will be faithful to it. And you allow him to work in you. And this is not something that Christ hasn't done for us. I used to kind of think that, well, the marriage is the model and example for the world of, the, you know, of who God is. But the reality is, is he's the model for us to follow. And he wants to work in you and through you to let you reveal his glory. <clears throat> and again, well, listen to, to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It's very familiar, but to me it addresses this issue because... Christ is now submitting to the Father. Christ submitted to the Father. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? No reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, being under, submitting to God, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Wow, what a model is that for the ladies? This is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I want you to, to, to get this. I want you to see this picture here. I, Jesus, came to earth And I submitted to the Father. Now, we know that was a challenge for him in the garden, right? Because he said, hey, if this thing can pass, let it pass. But what was his conclusion? But not my will, God. Your will be done. And this is what I'm asking you this morning. Let his will be done in your life concerning your husbands, concerning your marriage. Not my will, but your will be done. It's kind of a, you know, coming to an old-fashioned come-to-Jesus moment for the for the wives today, I think. It's, it's where's your heart at right now concerning that? Uh, and, and, and I just know that, that our hearts can just kind of gradually change in a way that we, we don't even recognize it, that we've changed in that way. 
<clears throat> and we wonder why we get down the roadways in our marriage and it's just not the same and the, the love is not flowing and the, you know it's, it's, it's contentious and you know I don't think that the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit were contentious with each other. <clears throat> why? Because he chose to be obedient all the way to the point of death. God's not asking you wives to go to the point of death in the physical, but he might be in other ways. He might be in your soul saying, listen, <clears throat> the reason I want you to grasp this and I want you to use the word as your pl the plumb line of your heart is because I know that the heart can be deceitful above all things. So if I don't get back into here before I know it, I'm starting to function over here when I should be functioning here. Right? I mean, it's just so easy. I mean, how many scriptures do we read and say, but we really don't live those scriptures out? See, and this is what God's calling his body to in this day and in this hour. Truth. Let's get to truth. Let's, let's find out that the word of God will work if we work it. It won't work if we don't work it. It will work if we work it. It won't work if I just quote it. Right? And so he's calling you ladies to say, search your heart. Look it over again. Yes, it may be challenging. Maybe you're in a challenging situation. But the key phrase that he brings up here is, as to the Lord. I want you to do it as to the Lord. Listen to this verse, uh, and, and, and you may want to write it down, ladies, just to maybe allow the Holy Spirit to speak it further <clears throat> into your hearts. But listen to this verse. This is so important. It's so important, and it's so true. I've experienced it with Patricia so many times through the years. First, first Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. First Peter chapter 3, 1 to 6. Wives... Likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. There it is again. That even Don't you think it's important if it, he keeps repeating something? <laughs> He's trying to get a message across here, but he gives us some pretty clear, clear instructions here. Be submissive to your own husbands, <clears throat> that even if some do not obey the word, okay, now we don't know if that means whether they're not saved, whether they're saved and just not obeying the word. It could be either one, could be both. Even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of who? Their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Fear of who? Fear of the Lord. Not fear of them, not fear of man, fear of the Lord. I see Lord, the Lord behind my husband. And, I'm, and, and when, when he's not acceptably doing what he should be doing, I'm doing it beyond him and into the Lord Jesus Christ is what he's saying. Do it as unto the Lord. He's going beyond that. Go beyond that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 3. Do not let your adornment barely, merely be outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. <clears throat> Verse 4. Rather, let it be the hidden person of what? The heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of who? God. Wow. Lord, help. Help us get there. And ladies, I know we make it rough for you sometimes. <laughs> I realize that. <clears throat> but you're looking past us. 
and you're seeing Christ. Looking past us, seeing Christ. The hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. It's not just okay. It's not just a to-do list. (laughs) Man, this is so precious before your God. You know, it's just so precious to him in the sight of the Lord. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Wow. There's just an emphasis here that you, you can't ignore. And so what is your attitude toward your husband today? What is your, uh, your, your how submissive is your heart, I guess, is, 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 is the question here this morning. Have you let things get in the way and little things build up inside of you to where <clears throat> you're now not there and you know you're not there in your own thoughts at times? Uh, and you can just write this verse down. I don't know if I put it up there. It's Isaiah 119, because I felt like this was the, the scripture to kind of hit on, uh, is if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient. Willingness is a heart attitude, isn't it? That's what it is. I'm willing. I have a heart attitude. So my heart's right about it. But see, it's not good enough for me to say my heart's right. And obedience. I've got to be obedient. Obedience is an action. So how I am now treating my spouse, my husband, how I'm now treating him is important to God. So my heart needs to be right, my obedience needs to be right, and and, and again, if we just go back and and take the scriptures we've already read and we apply this Isaiah thing, Isaiah verse to it, we will see he's saying, wives, I want you to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. He could have easily put in there a bunch of ifs, right? (laughs) Don't you kind of wish he would (laughs) have? I know you're searching the different translations to try to find it. <laughs> There's got to be one in here somewhere. There's got to be an if. You know, but he just doesn't. He doesn't allow that. He just says, no, I want you to do this. Because what's at stake here is more important, more important even than your marriage. It's, 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 what's at stake here is what God's doing as his overall plan and purpose of redemption. I mean, we're, we're involved in something much bigger than we often realize. And so I just want to uh, encourage, you know, ladies today, if you go ahead and have the worship team come on up. Um, today, I guess, ladies, what I would say is just to take these particular scriptures that we've looked at uh, and, um, <clears throat> and just begin to let them uh, wash over your heart. And wash over your mind and wash over the influences that we have coming toward us from all the feminist movements and the, excuse me, the cancel culture movements and the the things that are coming against our culture now that are causing what? Division. Let's wash over our hearts. Let's take the plumb line of his word. Let's trust and believe in God again. Let's trust and obey him again. Let's, Let's begin to stand up, ladies, and say... As for me and my house, this is not going to be there. I'm going to submit unto death. <clears throat> Why? Because God said to do it. Because God said to do it. Because God said to do it. 
He calls marriage a mystery. And he says it's actually a profound mystery. So listen to this one last verse, and then I, I, I want to pray. <clears throat> Isaiah 54 and verse 5 kind of helps us see a little further than what maybe we see sometimes. It says, for your maker <laughs> is your husband. Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He's called the God of the whole earth. <clears throat> so in the attempt, <clears throat> excuse me, in the attempt of the enemy to destroy your home and destroy your marriage, <clears throat> he's after your seed, your children. And his attempt to do that we need to rise up against it. Your maker is your husband. He's going to be your ultimate provider. He's going to work things out. <clears throat> Even as we read here in Peter, it says, hey, without a word, I will work on your behalf. You'll change your husband's heart without a word. <clears throat> We've often tried it with words, right? You're doing it backwards. <clears throat> it doesn't mean you don't have a say in things. It doesn't mean you're not. Remember, we went back to the beginning already. You're, com you're, you're called, he created you as a helper, a helper compatible. And, and, and that word is used of God. So he's not calling you to not have a voice or not say anything. That's really not it. But who are you letting enforce what you believe that the Lord has been speaking to you in, 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 the, in the idea of your own marriage and your own home to make it work right? The Holy Spirit will enforce it. God will enforce it. This is what he's saying to us throughout these scriptures I've read today. So <clears throat> just, let's just bow our heads right now. And uh, I can't tell you how important I <clears throat> believe this is for us as husbands and wives to grasp, especially in this day, in this hour, when the Holy Spirit's calling his people out. He's calling us out. He's calling the remnant out. The remnant is hearing the sound of the horn blow, sending the sound of the trumpet blow. There's a call out, a clarion call out for his church to, as we sang, waken and, and, and to get ready and be ready. And part of that's gonna be, how are we managing our lives? Are we just become religious or are we allowing ourselves to do everything that he said the way that he said it? And again, we'll talk to the men next week. But Father, today I pray for every wife here, every wife-to-be, that your plumb line would be what stands out this morning more than anything else. The plumb line of your word, God, because your way will always work. Even though you said there's a way that seems right to us, that end is destruction. But God, I believe what you want to create in our marriages is something so powerful that the world will take notice. But even beyond that, Lord, we will fulfill your will on this earth. So I pray for every wife, God. Let that light come. Let that plumb line be there. And if there's any, any areas that need to be maybe dealt with or...
taken out, God, that, they, that, that their willingness would be there and the obedience would be there and that a fresh humility would come and a fresh uh, quickening would happen in these marriages, in all of our marriages, God. Again, you created them to be beautiful. And I pray that, Lord, uh, today something would take place in different ones' hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.